welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me. Obviously, it's going to be a long episode, I'll just warn you. But let's start off with the local news uh, pertaining to our fans and our listeners. In terms of VHSL stuff, uh, the VHSL came out with a rule saying masks would be required during practices, which I don't know how they would enforce, and games, which would be easier to enforce. That was met with a lot of backlash. Uh, and now the VHSL has said, turns out they are exempt from an executive order that apparently nobody at the VHSL thought to run by the governor's office or ask the governor's office or read the executive order. I don't know which. Either way, the VHSL doesn't just looks incompetent in the masks on, now masks off. Um, there's a lot of people that are happy that the masks aren't required now. They're still going to be strongly encouraged by the VHSL. They're going to be required, I believe, for spectators still. So, be, I mean, that, I mean, that should be a standard. I mean, you're, you're just yeah. in the building. You should be wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, I don't know what don't to know. make I, of it. I mean, look, is it harder when you're running and playing a sport? I'm sure. Um, I, I know other states have this rule and kids are able to play and they don't seem to be that bothered by it. Again, uh, I will say you don't see a lot of kids complaining about this either. Um, and you can take that how you want, but I think the kids honestly do want to play versus what some other people yeah. want to do. What do I got to do to play? You yeah. Know, they're, that they're, they're being told what they have to do to play. They're saying, okay, we'll do it. We want to play. Other people are saying other things because I don't think playing is their top priority but we won't yeah. talk about that I, yeah, stanton is being that, I, yeah. stanton is canceling their wrestling season that's probably the most pandemic uh problematic sport um but that sucks for those kids and, and i i feel for them i i don't know what in terms of yeah. a pandemic though i don't know how you get around yeah. the pandemic problems that that sport would cause yeah so i i that one wasn't a surprise to me. I'm kind of surprised VHSL was kind of allowing wrestling in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I commend Stanton to kind of go on a, on their own little edge here on an island here, saying they're canceling wrestling here before the district does, before the state does, before the other local teams does. So I I don't know. I think as long as you're not a hoaxer, like I don't see how you think wrestling's a good idea. Like I think we're all I think in the varied way of I guess the political, which I, I said this eight months ago, I don't see how this is a political issue. Something's going on with this virus <laughs> and it can be spread. We start rubbing bodies up on each other, sweating bodies up against each other. Unless they've just gotten tested for five days prior. I don't see how you think wrestling is a, a is a valuable thing to happen right now. As far as safety, um, it stinks for these guys that, you know, you only have so much time to wrestle and you go up, you know, anything after high school wrestling is big time wrestling, just like most all college sports. But I, I mean, it's just a lot of commitment and everything. These kids put a lot of work into it. So it is heartbreaking for these Stanton kids that they won't have a season for wrestling. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be kind of surprised if it stops there. I think we'll see more issues with that as this thing, as people are making adjustments to the ramped up numbers. So I feel bad for those kids. It's understandable, though. If we're postponing all sports because of this virus that's only gotten worse, the one that is the worst logistically for how to 
social distance or keep any kind of safety and not rubbing your nose on each other. I, you know, that's wrestling. So there you go. Um, the mask on, I mean, I'm not going to say like I was expecting them to say everybody's got to wear masks. I didn't really see that tweet coming that day. Um, it didn't throw me off my game. I said, okay, people aren't going to like it, but you know, we got to do what we got to do to play sports. And, um, not that we're out of the woods on that, uh, by any means. And especially if they're putting the mat, like not having the mask roll in, I, I mean, people are just trying their best to give limitations. I guess one response I had, and it was a specific person probably listening, was talking about like the government control of it. I, I just am not following that logic of this. I don't think the VHSL or the county guys with, with the rules that the Augusta County school board has put in, I don't think anybody's like anxious to control it. I think they want the kids to play and they're trying to come up with the rules around it to allow the kids still to play. So I just, I'm just not on board there. So that's how I look at it. Um, at the time being, we still have high school sports planned for in January. I just, I'm worried. I'm worried about it still like I was last week. So I, if you wear a mask or not, I guess, I, I guess I don't have a strong opinion there and that's probably not best for a podcast, not to have a strong opinion about it, but I just don't, I guess I, if, if they're doing it other places and there isn't a problem, then I don't see why it couldn't have been considered here as it was. So. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it goes back to what you and I have touched on or I, what I touched on there at the beginning. When when the kids say, tell us what we have to do to be able to play, they mean it. And when the parents say it, they mean something completely different because they've been told multiple times, like, okay, this means we're going to have to not get in large groups. We've heard no. Okay, can you at least stay six feet apart? No. Can you wear a mask? No. Okay, there's this waiver saying, please don't, play other sports and travel to other potentially COVID hotspot areas. What? No. So if they have to end up canceling high school sports, I guess I would just say those are the people you look at and say, that's why we're not having high school sports because too many people just don't listen. They just think that you can pretend like the pandemic doesn't exist, which over 300,000 people have died in this country. If you still think COVID doesn't exist, you're an idiot. And that's all there is to it. So the high schools, you can say it's a cover your ass thing, and okay, but at the end of the day, the schools do have a little bit of liability here that they have Very to worry so. about. And we, I keep saying the same kind of phrase. We don't know what we don't know. And so playing on the side of caution, I don't think is, is fear. I just think it's, you know, being cautious and, and doing what you can to try to do as much as we can. That's normal, even though there's some slight adjustments, but that's what we got. And I, I know like COVID hits people different and obviously you know, but 300,000 people have died. So however we've gotten to that number, it, it's still more than usual. And <laughs> like, this is something we're dealing with. So, um, you know, it, it's what we're dealing with <laughs> along those lines, because there's just facts to it, a terrible, terrible scene. It kind of really rocked me when I saw it. Uh, I was very busy Saturday and we'll talk more to that point. We talk college football, but college basketball had a major incident happen down at Florida at Florida. Um, Florida state was playing against Florida. One of Florida's players came out of a timeout, started slowing down and then he's just out on his feet and crashes into the floor. Very troubling to watch. Um, Really tough to watch. Um, He had COVID last summer. Now, I'm bringing that up because every news report I see has at least mentioned, hey, this player had COVID previously, but they're not laying in thick that this is COVID related or not. I think this is 
in in any other you know two years ago when before we've heard of COVID nineteen. I think this is a big deal, and I'm I'm surprised today that this isn't dominating the news cycle more. I am surprised we're not talking about this kid that has suffered a very major medical issue on the court, on camera, during athletic play, and is in critical, but stable, but critical condition. I'm just surprised this isn't a bigger story. I It's upsetting. The whole thing's upsetting. I will say, I hope it's not directly COVID-related. I, I think you just have to be cautious right now and wait for more information, let the doctors work on the kid. And I'm comfortable with privacy for the, for the player, at least to a point. But if it is COVID-related, I think we all need to be under, or, or at least administrators, people in charge, people worried about the health risks of COVID and playing athletics should be aware of that because, um, and maybe, I mean, this is one person we're talking about. I get that. I get that's a small number, but like, Anything we can do to protect lives, I think, is important right now. So if it is COVID-related, I am, I just wonder what the repercussions of that will be. And that's why I, I kind of relate that back to maybe why we're not hearing so much about this. Everybody wants to hear more before they say for sure. But also, it doesn't I, – I know there's a rhetoric that the media is you know, turning facts and playing the COVID up. This is the opposite. I think the media is keeping this down because they want – to still show college basketball on their networks. They still want to show college sports, pro sports on their network. So I think they're actually like being very cautious and calm with this one because they don't want all this sports to go away. So I, I think it's a, it's a hole in that argument that the media is overplaying this to the nth degree. I'm not going to say the media is not overplaying at all. Media overplays everything in both directions. I mean, there's news channels saying conflicting things every day. So like, I, I'm, I don't think that's crazy to say, but like, I just see this differently. And it's it's a very I don't recommend going and searching for this video. If you haven't seen it, you're better off. I, I don't feel happy having seen it. Um I don't think it's a parent thing either. I think it's a human thing. It's like, oh my goodness, this healthy 18-year-old or you know, close to 18 just, you know, went out standing up and it's just troubling to watch. So I really, I really hope the best for him, whatever has caused it, whatever the um diagnosis is, I just hope the best for this kid. Because uh, just really upsetting to see. We should say Keontae Johnson is his name. Keontae um, Johnson. I'm sorry. I'm t- I apologize 100% on that. Yeah. Uh, Florida yeah. actually, just since you started talking, released a statement uh, saying Keontae's immediate f- family is with him in Gainesville now. Uh, he did get transferred from Tallahassee. The game was in Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, but he got transferred there today after being in a medically induced coma as well earlier. Um, so, that, I mean, it was serious, um, but he is with his family in Gainesville and recovering help and support from the UF Health and the University of Florida, his teammates in the entire athletic program. Many in Gator Nation and beyond have reached out to offer assistance. As things become more clear, we will be sure to make known any needs that he and his family might have. I, I, I want to add on there, um, and I, I, don't, I don't think this is a Leonard Hamilton only thing. I think most any coach would do that. I mean, that's upsetting for every person on that court to see every person in that arena to see Leonard Hamilton came over to their coach after he was taken off in a stretcher still out um, in critical to condition and said, Hey, you know, however you want to proceed here is fine with it. If it's pack our bags and we go home or, you know, we'll, we'll make this up later or it's canceled. It's fine. Like, and that's just the humans. Cause I mean, that's just bigger than sports and it doesn't matter yeah. what the final score. And that's a game Florida was winning. And then their teammate, is, it's not. Be, I, I'm not going to put it because of the kid's athletic ability. It's because their teammates laying on the floor in a medical problem, 
and and they lose all you know emotion to play the game in a winning fashion i just i I, you know, I played flag football recently in recent years since I've had kids. And one of our teammates got a bad concussion during the game and was it was a bad scene. And like, I mean, we kept playing. I regret playing, keep playing because we were terrible. I mean, we were just we weren't our heads weren't in the game. We weren't talking about football. We were just going through the motions out there. And we probably could have more people could have gotten hurt because of that action. Um, it's upsetting when your player goes down like that. And, and especially like we were in a rec league, like that really doesn't matter. Like no, 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 those records aren't written down. So it doesn't matter. So I don't blame those kids for, um, for having issues after that play in the game. Uh, I, I kind of wish they wouldn't have played the rest of the game. Cause that's just an upsetting thing to see. And uh, I wouldn't mind a precedent for that. Hey, if you have a non-sports injury, you know, sports related injury kind of happen there, like maybe maybe we figure it out later and and kind of let everybody react i don't know yeah um it was definitely scary uh and you're right i mean watching the video of it is upsetting and i don't know how those kids managed to finish that game i mean that was yeah that was terrifying but i'm um, so. glad he appears to be in stable condition and i hope he continues to recovery and has a full recovery but yeah i mean yeah. I, i'm also curious to know um, what they find out. Cause I mean, it, that was a scary scene. It's not something you're used to seeing during college basketball. And I know people have said this has happened before. I just don't remember it happening. I know JM, you had a kid that had a heart condition, uh, when, when I was there and I, I feel like he was, he had, you know, an episode or whatever they ended up calling it, um, during a game one time, but I don't remember him collapsing on the floor. Uh, and I know he had to sit out a few games and, um, yeah. But it, this was different. I mean, the kid came out of a timeout and just, I mean, face plants right in the yeah. floor. And, 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 immediately, and like it or not, immediately like or his not. teammates are calling for help. And you can yeah. see it. I mean, they're crying. They're scared because opponent, that's not something you know, they've seen. Yeah. That's not something they've seen. So when people try to act like this is, you know, not that big of a deal, I, I don't, again, I don't know. But I disagree. It's not a big deal with anybody that would want to make that argument. And um, which I know you're not one of them. And also, I don't care what's happened before. We're, we're in a different times. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything health-related is more under the microscope right now. So even if it is overreaction, I, I wouldn't have minded if, if they just called that game and said, well, let's, we'll let's get it out of today yep. and figure it out later. And, yep. I mean, at least it's Florida State, Florida. Like, you can make that up on a Tuesday night if you have to. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> uh, move this conversation, Leland. Um, and I'm going to let – let's oh, – all right, let's be positive first. Um, Virginia Tech, <laughs> they won the game Saturday against UVA. They get the yeah, Commonwealth Cup back. Um, it was a great, great performance in the first half. Virginia Tech looked great defensively. They played great again in the second half. Offensively, we left a little bit desired in the second half by not scoring any touchdowns for the third straight game in the second half, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um and, and what kind of signs, you know, how rolling we really are at Virginia Tech. But um, it's a 33 to 15 win. Virginia Tech came out. Burmeister played great. Um, maybe that's the Burmeister I was being told about at the beginning of the season that I just didn't see up until this week. But he played fantastic. I thought 15 to 22, 212 yards and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert had a great game and what might be his last game as a Hokie. So that was fantastic to see. Hokies still under 500. But they look like if they want it, they'll be able to go to a bowl because UVA, Georgia Tech, Boston College, I think Pitt, 
um, just a whole host of ACC teams have opted out of bowls. And I'm going to start there. I refuse to let other people or let myself allow me to tote our bowl streak after this year. Like in my mind, if it exists on paper, that's something it's not something I'm going to follow from now on because we don't deserve a bowl game this year. We haven't been a bowl quality team. If it was a normal season, we'd be multiple games under 500. Uh, We definitely wouldn't be getting a bowl invite and whatever five teams you just listed off had to not be playing a bowl for us to say we're potentially going to a bowl. Now, Um, if they choose to participate in a bowl, I'm fine. I'm not saying we should decline it. If, if our program's in a state, like I understand most of our guys have already had COVID. So like maybe spreading the virus within the team is not as big of a concern as it once was. So being on campus another two weeks and getting another game prep and going through that is good developmentally, especially if we're sticking with who we have in the future. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, like I'm okay with that logic. I'm not saying we should decline it, but I'm also just not going to look at it like, Hey, Here's our 30th year running up straight running a bowl game because it's it's just not it rings hollow of anything that rings hollow that we can talk about in sports right now that, you know, touting that bowl streak is is, is empty. I, I do want to say, too, while I was watching the game, the team did seem amped up for that game. It seemed like they had something to play for in their minds. They went out there it's and the they just opposite of the pit game. Yeah, it was the exact opposite of the pit game. Um, They came out there and they just kind of just kicked the crap out of UVA. UVA looked like they didn't really want to be there. UVA's uh, touchdown in the first half was kind of sparked by uh, just a blatant screw up because we have a tight end trying to return punts because we don't have a punt returner. So I mean need to fix that. <laughs> I love, I love, uh, we need Robinson. to fix a lot. He's one of my favorite players. We need, he, we need to have a better punt. Return well, that wasn't Robinson that fumble. That was Mitchell because or Mitchell, I mean, Mitchell, I don't actually Robinson isn't, I, I just got my name screwed up. Mitchell out of big stone gap who played Appomattox in a state semifinal the year we called Appomattox the next week of the state championship. I've been aware of that kid for a long time, mm-hmm. and then he was going to tech. I like the kid, and he's been awesome on our team. Sorry. Mitchell is the guy. I like him. I don't want him punt- returning punts. We need to correct that. I love getting the ball in his hands as much as we can. I don't like him in that situation. He what happened to catch. cornerbacks? What happened to our like athletic cornerbacks being able to catch a punt and return it? Like We had a lot of success with that in the past, and now we got guys that can't catch the ball or we're using our wide receivers – they can't catch the ball. Can't catch the ball and also need to be ready for offense right there. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. Just, it's not what I'm used to. I we had, It seems like we're not developing our special teams players as much as we used to. Or Funny enough, we used to have a coach that concentrated on special teams. We don't have a coach that develops anything. But um, <laughs> so with the win, um, it looked today uh, about – I don't know, four o'clock, there was an announcement that Virginia Tech was having a press conference with Babcock was going to be talking. He would be making a statement and then answer questions about the football program and the athletics program. It'd be a virtual press conference and the media was invited and it kind of just December 15th, the day that Virginia Tech fans everywhere had circled on the calendar because that's the day Justin Fuente's buyout drops to $10 million. And you pick that day to have your press conference. You say you're re- have, releasing a statement that will answer questions. Kind of everybody draws the conclusions. Hey, this guy's done. Um, finally, Fuente's going to be out. I'm thinking this is the best seven day period for Virginia tech since they accepted 
an appearance in the national championship game in 1999, 2000. So Ben, there's been good times since then too. That was a peak. Yeah, uh, but this yeah. is the best. This would have been the best. Um, and then somewhere on my drive back from work to my apartment, uh, sources started telling a lot of these writers that actually, no, Justin Fuente is going to still be the head coach. And this is totally unrelated, and you shouldn't read too much into there's a press conference on the same day that the buyout drops. Which, if that's the case, then you know what, with Babcock, whatever your mentions are tomorrow and whatever your inbox looks like, you brought that hellscape on yourself. You knew exactly what that day meant to Virginia Tech fans. That was Christmas for Virginia Tech fans if we fired Justin Fuente. And you chose not to, and I'll say this, and I'll let you get in, I promise, but this is going to go on for a little bit because I've, I have been – on the full, the opposite way. Yeah. I have been yelling at myself in the car the entire, <laughs> well, not in the car, but in my apartment the entire time since I got back and read that Justin Fuente actually maybe isn't fired. <laughs> um, this is the worst because this guy is just a, a gift. He's a grade. He is a grade A loser. He has done nothing but lose. Since coming to Virginia Tech, he has accomplished nothing with his kids. He took Virginia Tech to an ACC championship game with Frank's kids. And ever since then, it has been him flying a plane into the mountain over and over and over. And so with Babcock, you have now tied yourself to Justin Fuente in my mind. However, next year goes, goes the way for both of you, in my opinion, because now it's not just enough for Justin Fuente to get canned next year when he does terrible, because that's predictable. It's time for Whip Babcock to go, because it doesn't matter how good the men's basketball program is. It doesn't matter how good the women's basketball program is. It doesn't matter how good soccer or baseball or softball or insert other sport here is. The world in Blacksburg revolves around football, and as goes football, goes Virginia Tech money. And this program is on the verge of dying. It is on life support with this chucklehead. He has been the head coach for the lone two losing seasons since 1992 for this program. Both of those are Justin Fuente. And so now he's done it outright in the regular season. Forget the bowl game. We still can't get a winning record. So for him to still have a job is beyond me. And I, again, Leland, I, I don't understand Win against UVA aside, he has lost to Old Dominion. He has lost to Liberty. He has lost to UVA. Thank God we don't play JMU uh, while he's there, hopefully, because he'll probably find a way to lose to them, too, because all he does is lose. He is a born and bred loser. I think he came out of the womb a loser. I think he's a loser by birth. As Jack Parkman on Major League Two says, everyone here is a loser on this staff, either by choice or by birth. And he was by birth. He is just a straight up loser. I know he's a human being. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's a loser. He is 24 and 22 versus FBS opponents over the last four years. That's his kids. He is two and 11 over that span when the game is decided by three points or less. He has five losses as a 10 point favorite or greater in the last five years. Six of those losses, six losses uh, in his time here have been by 21 points or more the last three seasons. He's lost to Duke and Clemson at home in two of those beatdowns. 30 plus. 
And again, he has the only losing seasons. Uh, if you count the bowl game in 18 and then a, the regular season this year, he has already got that losing record. The only losing seasons since 1992 belong to one man and one man only in five years. The dude is a born and bred loser. He has proven to you he cannot cut it in the ACC. So for Whip Babcock to say, we're going to have a press conference, he knows what that's doing. And then later to come out and be like, I don't know why everyone read into this. This is a total overreaction. Okay, dude, I cannot wait to hear what he has to say at 1 o'clock. What was so important that we had to have a press conference for? Because apparently we don't even know if we're going to a bowl game yet or not, according to Justin Fuente tonight on Tech Talk Live. That still hasn't been decided. So if that's not what the press conference is about, well, that's part of it. But if that's not what the press conference is about, what is he talking about that is so important for him to have a press conference? And not just if release we were a statement. Any bowl game that we were going to get invited to, we'd have already done it, like UVA did. You just release a statement. You don't need a press yeah. conference. Yeah. There's no reason to have the press conference. If I'm being honest, they never want to talk to the media anyway. So why do it now? Because I, now we're going to try to patch over the giant hole. I, this guy and and Justin went to the other thing he says is with Babcock and I have talked. We're rolling right off a cliff. This program is dead. I mean, it is dead. I'm going to calibrate my expectations. And I know what people are saying, Joe, it's just sports. And you're right. It is just sports. But damn it, I've been going to Virginia Tech games since I was six years old. And I do care about this team. And it drives me freaking bananas that this clown has been allowed to infest the sidelines for five years now and do nothing but kill this team. And I'm so sick and tired of the people, well, I mean, imagine if we fired Frank after five years. Well, imagine if Virginia Tech was as crappy as it was when Frank got there. Those people, Matt and VA on Twitter. What you're saying, Matt is and VA on Twitter is so stupid. He, I, sorry, he's not a fan. He is delusional. There is a difference between being a fan and being an idiot. Because an idiot can look at the last five years and find something positive. A fan looks at the last five years and goes, "Wow, we are really bad." Yeah, I'm so now at it, you can't find anything positive. At the time, we thought the Florida State win was good. At the time, we thought. Beating West Virginia was good. And but beating West not. Virginia that game wasn't terrible. But that's the only positive that you can come up with after five years. Like, holy crap, guys. Yeah, but those like, teams were both good. terrible. So, yeah, and I again, I agree. Like, I know what people are saying. Well, Joe, you don't get this mad about the Orioles, and they're bad. I have expectations with the Orioles. I know where what they are right now, and I know the plan. With Virginia Tech, I'm obviously I'm just going to recalibrate. We're Pitt. We are Pitt and Georgia Tech. That's what and Virginia that's- Tech is. And that's where I want to go with my point. This weekend and between between Sunday morning and um, tomorrow at 1 o'clock is the press conference. Tomorrow, between Sunday morning and 2 p.m., we'll have established that we are nowhere in the same class as Auburn in college football landscape. Auburn goes out and cans their coach that's not getting the results they want, who has a pretty solid winning record. I think he's like 60-some and 30-some a national championship, which is obviously a different little level than we can even dream about at the moment. Yeah. But they can him. They pay him how much millions? Twenty-one right and now? a half million. Twenty-one and a half million dollars to get out the door. To get out the door, go leave. Now, that just establishes we are not that class of a program. And for a, a for a fan like me that. The prime of my fandom was winning 10 games a year and going to ACC championship games and winning a lot of ACC championship games, going to BCS games, which would be New Year's Six games now. We're not that. We just are not that program anymore. And to your point, the direction Fuente's taking us in 
is how bad a program we were when Frank Beamer came in and had to revamp that took a couple of years, had to kind of get a year of you better start getting it done or we're going to have to go a different direction. And he, and he achieved something and he became successful. I, it's it, that comparison, the first five years of Beamer and these last five years is two different planets, two different universes. So it's, it's just, you can't forget of where we've been recently, just recently. But if we keep going down this road, which Joe, despite all the, like everything you say, I agree. I agree that we need to get rid of Fuente. I agree that he's driving this program in the wrong direction. And, and I've said point blankly every day that he is here is a wasted day towards us getting better. I, I just, it's just stinks that that's where we're headed now. Am I as adamant as you are? No. And I also, I, I guess I, I saw the tea leaves a little bit that there's all this talk about financial people are really rested on the COVID stuff. I think enough external forces is forcing the hand of wit here to not be as critical about this decision as he maybe would have a chance to normally be. I don't even think he has the, 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 the cards to play here. I think he knows the financial problems. It's not really an option. I go back to what Barber said last week about the optics of it all. And I get it, but Auburn has the same optics that Virginia Tech would right South now. South Carolina has the same optics. Pants. So it's just a different class of program, and we're not there. And that's how we need to recalibrate. We all need to realize we're not that we're not that good a football program. We're not as good as this program in the SEC that kind we're of strikes South hot Carolina. every four or five years, and, and that's what it is. We're not as good as South Carolina. South Carolina didn't care about the optics. They fired their coach and went and got somebody they wanted. How much did they pay him? Thirteen million or something? Yeah, yeah that's more than us. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, then we're the not. Optics. Carolina. Virginia Tech is not even in the same conversation in terms of optics. South well, Carolina and Auburn are paying in a different an insane more money, an insane amount of more money in their buyouts, and we didn't do that. We're we're just yeah. not. We are, and I'm telling you, fan VT fans want to laugh at other programs in the ACC. You're the 11th recruiting class. That was the other thing. Well, you don't want to fire a coach that, right before yeah. National Signing Day because you know what about the recruits. Uh, you know what? If anybody wants to walk away from the 11th best ACC recruiting class, by all means, don't let the door hit you. And what does this one year of recruiting make any difference when we're like 10th or worse every year in recruiting? Like, what, what difference does this one year make? At least maybe the new guy will be good once he has his first full season as a coach recruiting. Because this guy's not. Justin Fuente has proven to you he's not a good recruiter. He's not a good coach. He can't coach up talent. He can't do anything in his job description but lose. Which it technically thing, isn't in his job description, but he makes it part of the job description. The other comparison with Malzahn I also had was I was I was like willing to maybe pick Auburn last week because they're saying like they're playing for Malzahn's job and all this and all that. Like I they were gonna fire him either way. And honestly, when I look at this situation and like take a rest, get the pit another week behind me, I I don't know win or lose this past Saturday against UVA if it if it won or if it saved his job or not, I don't, I don't know. I don't it think Witt has those cards to play. I think Wit just doesn't have the, like he has been told you save every dollar you can and there is no big buyout coming and we got to deal with what we have for at least now. And I'd love to see some changes that we can't afford to make. Like our offensive coordinator is not the answer. And I know they're buddies. I'd love someone to force his hand on that. Maybe we'll hear something at that point tomorrow. I don't know, but 
I would love to see some adjustments with some of the coaching staff. I don't think every single one of them's terrible. I think Justin Hamilton's done a great job these last two weeks to show some growth in his role and um, some ability. Is he in his over his head? Possibly still. But I do think he has a future being a defensive guy in college football, at least. Um, but I do would like to see I would like to see some adjustments on the coaching staff that isn't necessarily voluntary by these guys. Like force some changes, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. That's what we hired Quinty to come do is come make us a good offensive program. We show glimpses of it, but we are not. We that's not who we are. We play bad defenses and look good. We we are not a good offensive team. And again, I mean we've we've come out of locker rooms. We haven't scored a touchdown in the second half the last three games. Maybe we need to get in the locker room quicker. Like instead of staying on the field and high five in, maybe we can get in there sooner. And well, we don't high five. That's when half. Justin Fuente unloads all the knowledge that he doesn't have in his brain to the <laughs> players and tells them, guys, that was an okay first half. Make sure when we come out in the second half, we get run over. And Pitt and Clemson, mission accomplished. UVA, unfortunately, was too terrible of a football team. So we still found a way to beat them. Our defense played too good. They did come out flat, like trying to look at that a little bit. Like I, I, I had the ability to watch the game after I knew what the final score was. So like I, I've watched it with a different eye. UVA did come out pretty flat. There wasn't a lot of fight in them. I, I, I get why they've made the decision to, to ax the bowl game. Cause if, if the energy's not there, that coach knows that those leaders in the locker room know that I, I don't think it's a bad idea for them to stick around two more weeks to play flat again. Like, and it, yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's the right decision for them. I, I, yeah. I well. don't want I don't Virginia Tech to play in a bowl game. There. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what the kids want. I don't want to watch them. I'm tired of it. As a Virginia Tech fan, I'm tired of it. I can't do this. Justin Fuente is going to be the coach. I'm going to have to torture myself for 12 more games next year. Uh, I'm going to have to come to terms with that. Let's not play Army or whoever it is that we have to play in the military bowl because that's where we're going. I'll watch it. That'll be the second time in three years. Virginia Tech fans got tired of going to Miami. Are we tired of going to Annapolis for a less prestigious bowl game? I guess not. I drive down to Blacksburg in the spring and watch us play ourselves. I'll watch a bowl game. But again, to my point, to my point, it doesn't matter what the other athletic programs are doing. You, you and I would be happy. And Rob, our loyal listener at Shandoah Awards and Apparel would be happy if VT men's soccer went on and won. The next if, four. It's happening. Okay. Well, when they win the no next four. It. Kyle Stenzel's bringing it home. Sure. When he wins the next four ACC championships in men's soccer, we would be the three happiest people in the state. But that's not moving the needle at Virginia Tech. He could win the next hundred ACC championships in every other sport. If he doesn't, if the football team isn't winning, it doesn't matter. And at this point, as I said, it probably won't happen. Whit Babcock's probably not getting fired. But in the, ter- in the eyes, in the eyes of these VT football donors and season ticket holders, he has sealed his fate with Justin Fuente. If Justin Fuente bombs next year, like everybody thinks he will, because that's all he's ever done at Virginia Tech, then in their eyes, Whit Babcock is dead. He is a dead man walking, and they will wait for the opportunity to get rid of him too. Strains are getting shorter, and Fuente's, Fuente's on the hot seat. Tomorrow during the press conference, the heat on Justin's seat is on. Like it, it's not going to turn up in August. It's on now. And you need to, it needs to be going in a better direction and for anybody to say anything positive about him because everybody's going to be waiting for him to fail. I'm done with him. Like, I'm not saying I'll feel better. Like this isn't probation. This isn't what I said a year ago where I'll see and like this and I'm not happy. No, we're done. I'm done with him. Oh, and by the I'm way, it, you win the coastal minimum next year or is a failure. 
That's it. That's the only term of success. If you don't win the Coastal, it was not a successful season, and you can the loser. You can the loser. And again, I would would imagine if he's eight and three or whatever that nine and three and fall and UNC beats him out for the Coastal, I doubt Whit Babcock's firing him. I'm still done with him, but it's not like we're going to fire him if he's nine and three next year. If he didn't fire him this year, Whit Babcock's not going to fire him if he's a has a like eight nine wins. Well, but my point is, well, I don't know. Leland, I, I don't know. It depends on who those losses are to. But because let's be honest, One's right now, be to UNC, look how good we're the are. fourth. We're the fourth best team in the coastal. Yeah, Pitt beat us. Miami beat us. UNC beat us. Pitt's Pitt and UNC pounded us. For the love of me, I can't believe that the Miami game was close. I I still don't know how we managed that. But we got absolutely curb stomped by Pitt, and the UNC game was only close because we realized we had the wrong quarterback in for that game who apparently is the right quarterback now because I don't know. So maybe magic, maybe there is a little bit of magic somewhere in that building and Justin Fuente will go round it up Looney Tunes style with the magic stuff and have the players drink the water before next season. And we'll go out and win some games against, I don't know, Florida A&M or whatever goofy ass team we play to open the season next year. But Hendon hooker has more talent than what's happened with him. Like, Oh, you it's mean our quarterbacks have regressed each year? Coaching staff needs to go away, like we think we, they do. Like they, like it is sad. Like that kid has talent. That kid has ability. Um, I don't know what NFL prospects he had, but he should be a good college quarterback. And he didn't look good the last couple times out. And we shouldn't be having this problem. And, and here's the thing: he should be developed. People on this podcast. This is the first time I've ever gone after Whit Babcock on this podcast because before I have defended him. I usually love Whit, but this, this to me, like you have. And I think what bothers me more is doing the press conference on the day, that specific day, knowing what everybody in the football world is going to read that into, read into that. And then looking at when you just look at the cold, hard facts of what this football team has become. Uh, to no, me, at this point, you have then said, if you go in that press conference and say, I believe in Justin Fuente, that's fine. You believe in him. But if he fails, you are held accountable as well now because you are the last person in the room to figure it out. And at that point, that's a problem. If the people in leadership can't figure that out, that's a problem. I mean, and Leland, let me say this too. What, what assistant coach in his right mind, if you force Cornelson's firing, right? Cause that's the one staff member that everybody at the guy that wants to be the to. next head coach. That's your answer. No. You're going to ask what, 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 assistant coach would come here what offensive coordinator would come here it's the guy that wants the job he'll stay where he is because if that offense is still bad because the head guy is an idiot and doesn't know who his best players are then he can still sabotage you if there's anything justin fuente has proven it's that he can find the worst players on the on the team and put them in a game there's only so many power five offensive coordinator spots like someone would come how good they are is the question you're gonna go hire a g5 offensive coordinator i'm not excited by that I I say that again. Say what you're, you're going to go again. hire a G5 offensive coordinator. I'm not excited. You're going to hire someone that wants to be a G5 offensive coordinator. We have like one the, of those as our like head coach right job, now. The job will be filled. Like we say, get rid of Cornelson. Someone's going to come. Like you're like, who would come? Like someone well, will come. Okay. Some, yes. Yeah, someone will come, but not someone good. Will come I don't think anyone good comes. Son. I don't think anyone good comes to coach under a lame duck coach. I think that is a total fallacy. 
You can Jerry Kill back. I, I don't think he would come back at this point. I think he knows Justin Fuente's dead. If Portelson's not in the building, I wonder. Everyone knows he's a dead man walking. That's the thing. What recruits are you going to get? They see this on Twitter. They know. That's the one thing. All these people, well, we got to stay united now. We got to rally behind the program. Rally behind the program, guys. We got to get behind this loser one more time. How about we just go and get killed? I want to go 0-12. I want to go 0-12 next year. I hope Austin P or whatever goofy-ass FCS team we play comes in and just rolls us. Because that's what obviously what it's going to take for Matt and VA to understand how bad Justin Fuente truly is. Him going 500 every year, Matt and VA can look at it and go, well, you know, we got, you know, 103 stars. And, you know, the one kid uh, tied his shoes correctly today on the Zoom when he announced his commitment. So, you know, he's going to be pretty good. Congratulations. I, Knox Kadem doesn't knock my socks off. I don't want to see that kid playing quarterback at Virginia Tech. I don't want us to go 0 and 12 next year, but I am afraid of the current leadership has us closer to 0 and 12 than 12 and 0. So, all right. I was amazed by the time I got to football scores last on Saturday that LSU was in the game with Florida and then beat them. I was I I I had watched Ugh, LSU yeah. just not play very well, and honestly, I don't like Florida. I do not like Dan Mullen. I don't think a lot <laughs> of him at all, and. It kind of made me happy he lost, but I, I was surprised. I thought they were a decent football team, and I mean it shows you what that what happens in the SEC. Like, even though LSU's not having a good year, and they laid some eggs against teams that are that are lesser programs than they are, obviously coming off a national championship, it still happens in the SEC. You still like this is why Alabama, when they lose to Ole Miss in a season, still makes it deep to the playoff and still wins the national championship because these SEC teams find a way and they know each other well enough and. It just happens. But I was surprised that this happened. I mean, that was the late, you know, that was the late October surprise that you that you watch for. And this and now this season is November and now early December. Like that's the late season surprise. Um, and yeah, it, we'll see what it does to the college football bubble. I still don't think it gets your Cincinnati in, but it definitely shakes things up a bit. I think in some senses it probably breathes a little room to like a losing Notre Dame in the ACC championship. But I, I don't know. I te- Texas A&M got rolled by Alabama, so I'm just not quick to throw them back in there. I don't know. It's all gonna. Let happen. me tell you how Texas A&M. Gets in. It. Yeah, I'll tell you how Texas A&M gets in, though. I mean, there's no way Cincinnati gets in, so yeah. uh, I'm not gonna argue with that this week. Um, but if Ohio State loses, you're not gonna argue with me. We're not gonna argue for an hour and then cut the whole segment. We're not gonna do that this week. Not this week. <laughs> um. <laughs> Only because I want people to hear Christmas being canceled at one o'clock and know that I've already announced <laughs> Christmas is canceled. So they've already shown Rudolph, though. It doesn't matter. It's canceled. Everything else is canceled. You got your Rudolph in because it's 2020. It's a pandemic. That's your reward for not doing what you were supposed to, I guess. So everything else is canceled. Um, but if Ohio State loses to Northwestern or Clemson loses to Notre Dame, that's how you get Texas A&M in. If they yeah. both lose. One of whoever looked better in their conference championship will go instead of Cincinnati. Under, Cincinnati could beat Tulsa by 100 points and score on every offensive play and get a pick six or get it force a turnover every play on defense, and they still would not be in the college football playoff. It doesn't matter what they do, the, they're never going to put a non power five in. 
it benefits Cincinnati, and I think it benefits other American teams for Cincinnati to go stro- go so show strong against Tulsa and keep that pressure on. Have more. There was, you know, we I always reference that one UCF year. This can be another one of those years that we reference in future years. It's it's good for the American. Um, I mean, you like to say never on everything. I just they won't. They will never let them in a fourteen playoff. They're they're always going to need help. I'll, I'll I'll agree that they're always going to need failure in front of them to. Uh, you realize we're talking about like a Big Twelve champ possibly being in ahead of them now. Like, what has the Big Twelve done this year? What did Iowa State do this weekend? They play. I don't know. Nor do I care. They lost to UL. They lost to Louisiana, who's from the Sun Belt, who apparently is the worst conference ever. Because I'm being told Coastal Carolina can't be considered because oh, yeah, it's no, just the Sun Belt. No, they didn't play last weekend. They play Oklahoma this weekend, and they'll lose. I, so Iowa State's not. They beat them the last time they played by seven. Oklahoma's a lot better than they were then. I hope they lose again. Oklahoma, okay. Oklahoma's a lot better, playing a lot better football now than they were then. I mean, you you're not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I hope Oklahoma loses again. Although, are they, you Leland? You always hope Oklahoma loses, don't you? <laughs> is Oklahoma playing better, or are they just playing a bad conference? Because I think the Big 12 is just a bad conference. I think they're playing yeah, the weaker I, teams in that conference. Like it, like when you said it two months ago, I, I'm not arguing that the Big 10 or Big 12 is good or something. Uh, I'm excited about this weekend's games. I, I am very much looking forward to Saturday because there's pretty much two games on at a time, and I at least have one game that I'm strongly into all day. So I'm looking forward to Saturday. This past Saturday, I didn't watch a lick of football, so this Saturday I'm settling in. I'm probably make everybody here at the house mad, but that's what's happening. You got Friday night, which is not good. Oregon playing USA that. because Washington – pulled out of the game. I assume they're having COVID problems still. Yes. So they're out of that. Um, that game Can I say, but the, the worst part about that was if Colorado would have won, we probably were getting USC versus Colorado in the Pac-12 yeah. championship because both those teams would have been undefeated. That would have been exciting to me. I don't I, care for Oregon. I hope I Oregon Colorado, loses. I don't like USC, but I don't like Oregon more. I... I've said this before on the podcast. I kind of root for South Carolina before Shane Beamer was there. I, I've said this months ago when we started talking about all these teams, South Carolina was kind of that alternate sec team that I would kind of like root to mess stuff up. This in the is SEC. the other. Oh, okay. I Colorado just, yeah. is that for me in the pac 12. Like yeah. I kind of like Colorado. I like, I like, I liked Cordell Stewart when I was a kid as I was a Steelers fan. And that's where he came from. They had the big Hail Mary that they always reach Like Colorado is like my troublemaker out West that I want to see. So I was really rooting for them to win Saturday. I, I wish I could have watched that game because it was snowy and it looked awesome. And it was cool. 10 it, in the morning there. Yeah. But it just I, sucked. I, I wish they could have won. So they could have yeah. been in that game. Yeah. The big 10 championship is going to be a bloodbath. I, I just don't believe in Northwestern. I just don't. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Northwestern finds a way to upset Ohio state because you know what? That's when they really show the G five. They're not respected. Cause then either two things could happen. Both are ultra disrespectful. One well, it's Ohio State's first loss, and, you know, they're still probably one of the four best teams. We'll put them in no, anyway. Or, or Northwestern beat Ohio State. They're going to jump from number 13 to number four. Yeah, I would think that before. I would think they put the Big Ten champion in before the – I mean, yeah, I think they put Northwestern in before Ohio State in. Let me say this. Think. If Ohio State were to lose and they still get in, I'm going to petition the – the uh abolishing the college football regular season because at that point 
there is no point in playing it. You've already decided who the four teams you want to play are. They, I, I, there's no way they do that with the minimal amount of games they played. So I really wouldn't be too worried about that happening. Um, but that's an interesting game. 20 point, uh, 20 and a half point spread on that big 12 championship, Oklahoma, Iowa state. Um, neither one of them are making the playoffs. I'm not that worried about it. The Sun Belt. Louisiana, Coastal Carolina play. Can Coastal Carolina finish off a perfect season? Can they find their way in to be a second non-Power 5 team in a New Year's 6 game? It'll be interesting. they got to win that game to get there. Uh, 4 o'clock, Clemson, Notre Dame. I don't need to tell you what that means. Alabama, Florida at 8, which Florida's out. Like, Florida wins this game. They're still not in the college football playoff. So that's, that's something there. Bama, though, favored by 17. I'd be surprised if Bama gets terribly challenged there uh and then the Tulsa Cincinnati game I'm, I, same thing with Cincinnati can they finish off the perfect season can it's good for the American it's good for your argument for them to keep putting teams up there and if they can do that year after year after year it's only going to help your argument so I'm and I'm not against that like I just as it sits now they're not doing it I I think that's where you and I often come into our conflicts and our debates I'm more arguing what what like will happen. Yes, you are the decisions people will make you, you throw out predictions and all this, or what should happen. What's the perfect world. And that's where we debate. I I'm not against the idea of American team getting good consideration. Cause like they do consistently have solid teams that can cause other teams promise problems as a conference. I don't, they are stacking up with, with quality wins against uh, against good conferences or oh, it's a uh, power conference maybe not good but as a conference as a whole i don't think top to bottom that they're like superior to listing off the other power five conferences maybe one of them or something but i i'm not going to get too deep there but their top teams can play with a lot of teams in the nation maybe i don't generally think the top four teams in the nation no. But beyond that, we start we start having some arguments. I just hope when they throw Cincinnati in a bowl game, they have to put them up against even Florida that just lost or one of these SEC teams or if somehow Ohio State loses and oh put it like God. right there. Make a Please. make an make it give Cincinnati a chance to make a statement. Give them a statement kind of game. Don't put them up against Coastal Carolina. Don't put them up against going down the list, you know, Miami or UNC, UNC or something like yeah. get, give them, give them a game that they can make a statement with, not just something that we'll all look at and be like, well, what does that really tell us? Yep. Uh, if, if Ohio state loses, and that is my new Christmas wish since Justin Fuente is going to have a job, we have an unemployment rate of 6.7 in this country and he's not one of them. So that's the problem in our country today, but give me an Ohio state loss in the big 10 championship and them and Cincinnati play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Because I do. I think Cincinnati, I think they have a better resume than Ohio State. I think I think as a team, they don't they might not have the best player on the field, but I think they've got the best team on the field if they played. And I think they could win. I also don't like Ohio State's coach. I don't think he's that intelligent. Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Not that sorry. Barely beating Penn State doesn't uh doesn't prove anything to me. I mean, we keep coming back to it. it's a weird year, but yeah, I, I don't know. Well, it's a weird year and that's what we're going to, you know, I don't know if Cincinnati's like resume knocks me off my feet 
overall, but it's not like Ohio State does it either. It's just like they've got more ranked wins than Ohio State has wins Yeah, against SMU and Army. Well, they have more ranked wins than if they beat Tulsa, they'll have more ranked wins than Ohio State has wins. James. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, but I'm still like, okay. I guess I just I'm more hung up on. Let's prove who the best team in the nation is. And I just don't I don't think I need Cincinnati to be a part of that discussion for me to, you know, I just think it's well this year. I don't need anyone to be part of the discussion because I know who the best team in the nation is. It's Alabama. Yeah, I I still I don't know by a lot. I think Bama's really good. I just don't know how bad these other teams up towards there are. I don't know. I want to watch. I want to watch football this weekend and, and maybe have a better understanding of what I think. I, I want to see what Clemson does. I want to see Ohio State in the best game in, against the best opponent they've had this season, which and I don't think a whole lot of Northwestern. I, I just want to see what these teams do. I want to see the athleticism on the field uh, compared to Bama that I've watched a bunch of times and then watch Bama again. And, and so I I want to get through this weekend before I have like a more definitive thing of what I think is going to happen in that college football playoff. If I had to bet today, I'd say Alabama. I'm not. I I would like to disagree with you though. I I I want to find a reason to disagree with you. Because I hate Bama. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all do. I mean, I don't like Alabama. Yeah. But. All right, college basketball. Tech lost against Penn State. It was disappointing. God, that seems like a year ago. It was only a week ago. Um, we came out flat. Played flat. The last two games we played pretty flat. We just played VMI in one of them, and then we played a Big Ten team in the other uh, in Penn State. So. Um, we'll drop in the, I guess the rankings came out today. I didn't even update since then. Um, that's this bad producing of a podcast. I right don't here. think we're ranked. We drop all, uh, let me look. I don't think we're ranked. Yeah. We, I mean, probably deserve to. Yeah. We're out 26, 27, 28. We're like 28 in the AP. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and that's fine. I, I was hesitant of our 15th ranking but being top 25 made me happy so i was hoping we could hold on to that um we're gonna we're playing the acc we're gonna have our opportunity to be ranked again we get more acc wins and beat a lot of good teams then we'll be back there again um it doesn't make me feel worse about our program it's just the 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 really high over the top feeling is gone we play clemson tuesday night uh again uh at 6 30 in the evening yeah you know, that's a ranked team somehow you need to beat that team that team's not good clemson's ranked now 24 look at them and the ap yeah how about that um uva i don't believe has played a game since friday 12-4 against that kent state overtime win game we already talked about that and they don't play until saturday 12-19 they play villanova a team that virginia tech beat so mm-hmm. i'm sure there'll be some twitter trash talk Obviously, Villanova is not some kind of terrible team, so I, I think that's going to be a fun matchup of, of two teams that have won recent national championships with good coaches, and I, I bet that game gets a lot of attention on Saturday night on Fox. Well, it would Man, if the SEC championship. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if it wasn't going up against the SEC championship, maybe. <laughs> but. Yeah, wow. There's that's an NFL bad, game Saturday, too. It's a shame they couldn't play that Sunday afternoon or something. Man. What, the NFL games? Yeah. I mean, you play like a, a nooner on Saturday, like CBS puts those on sometimes. I mean, it, it's going to have better rating than Saturday night up against those against those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't make you get all schedules. those people that don't watch NFL anymore. You know, get, get them. <laughs> you should have put it against the Pac-12 championship. No one's going to want to watch that. Put anyway. it Friday night. Yeah. Uh, overall in the ACC, we're getting a new commissioner. We knew Swafford was retiring uh, this year. Um, 
and what a time to transition. But we're getting Jim Phillips. He has been the Northwestern AD. I think it's a great hire. Uh, he's one of the best ADs in the nation from resume standpoint. But also think about your awareness of Northwestern in the last you know five years. Their their college basketball team is vastly improved. They've had good coaches come in there. Their college football team and facilities have vastly improved, and they've really done a good job at raising money in that area. So, no, he knows what it takes to support teams to do that. He knows what good leadership is because he's seen it in the previous Big Ten uh, commissioner. I think people would argue the current one may not be as much, but the previous one everybody thought was the best commissioner. That was who he operated under. He knows what it takes. So I think it's a great hire from everything I've read and seen and heard and Saul tweeted about, I know there was some ADs within the ACC that were being considered, I think, including UVA's AD, Clemson's AD, uh, I think Georgia Tech's AD. I kind of like the outside hire here from a Big Ten conference who has the best, who was the first conference to have their own television network. They had the Big Ten network before the SEC network. They had, they have these great deals with CBS, which are changing now in football and stuff, but like he he has been a part of some really well-managed college conference um, decision. So I am uh, eager to see what he can do with the ACC, hopefully improve a lot of things. Um, you know, the first one I go at is some of the TV decisions that are made for us that are going to be even tougher for us now that the SEC and ESPN are even in bed even more together. I, I think he needs to address that. And I don't know where we go with that because – ESPN owns the ACC network, but I think there is some opportunity to make this a better conference. Um, not saying John Swafford has been terrible, but I just think there's opportunity to improve. Yeah. I, in terms of conference commissioners, I just, I hope he knows what he's doing. I hope he can get a better TV deal. I hope he can get Comcast to come to the table and get an agreement done. I mean, I just, there's a lot that can be done for the ACC. So I think this year also shows more conference games is not a bad thing. Um, so I wonder if he can get the ACC guys to come together and do the uh, the more the more football conference games a season that every that people seem to be clamoring for because we only play Louisville like every six years and we had never played them at home and that kind of stuff. Like if add that conference game and then also probably come up with some kind of agreements or stuff to help solidify some of the non-conference schedule. And like the SEC is not really scared of like Alabama goes and plays a good team every year. I, I'd like every ACC team doing that too. I think well, some of the mid-range teams don't do that. We say that, but we, we got to play them to get better. Well, if you're Virginia tech, you gotta have somebody that knows what they're doing there too. But I mean, we can individualize this. I'm talking about a conference. I, I don't think the conference is good. I, I think it can be better, and I think this guy can lead us that way. I hope, but I think I think part of that is just where we are. So It's probably so. terrible. Let's, let's fire him already. I mean, I mean, we were talking about the AAC <laughs> and Power Fives that they're better than. I mean, outside of Clemson, who in the ACC is special? I mean, Notre Dame's in it this year, but Notre Dame's going to be out of it again next year. Maybe that's the big goal he can somehow swing is convincing Notre Dame to That'd join the something. ACC full time. If he does that, he's commissioner for life, you know, whatever. But <laughs> he, he might want to elect him NCAA president if he can <laughs> accomplish that. NFL. Uh, well, I was going to say something about the SEC being on ESPN, but you touched on that already. That sucks. Yeah, I, I hate I, it. I mean, 
It's big for the it's big for ESPN uh, to yeah. have that three thirty game. I, I like to I like the big yeah. game being on CBS. I like the music. I like the broadcasters. I hate it. I hate it. I hope CBS can find another landing spot with another big game. It's not going to be as big as the SEC because the SEC is the top conference in football. But I hope that they can land with something else solid. I, I did not mind that big SEC game being on CBS because then it meant just one more big venue. Um, so hopefully they can find a landing spot there. But it's going to push more games to ACC Network. Great. Um, football in the professional ranks. The Chiefs beat the Dolphins. That was like the non-local team game that I was most interested in this week. Chiefs took off early and then Dolphins fought back, but Chiefs uh, had too much. Chiefs remain the one seed in the AFC. Saints lost. So now Green Bay is the number one seed in the NFC. That doesn't impress me much. I I, I think there's this, this pool of teams that like, I think I see, I, I know I picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm kind of off that. Um, I think the Chiefs are a, maybe not a mile, but a good bit better than everybody else. And then you have like the Steelers, the Titans. <sighs> Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo, sorry. Uh, you have those kind of teams coming in there. And then you have like a hot Colts team. You have a Ravens team that has talent on it. I know you like to down your own team, but like, if they can get in the playoffs, I, I, there's just a lot of teams in the AFC that I, I think any of them I would pick to win the Super Bowl ahead of the best NFC team. But it is a one-game situation, so you never know. But I, I don't know. I just think the AFC is better this year, and it's not just because the Chiefs are the best team in, in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the Ravens, the Ravens are beating the Browns at – by 14 points early in the third at the time of this sentence. So if that holds <laughs> and we, and we win the game, then yeah, we're probably making the playoffs because the rest of our schedule is not good. So we'll probably be in there at that point. And then that knocks the dolphins out, I would imagine. And yeah, if we're in there as the seven and I'm telling you, if I were the Steelers, I wouldn't be excited about that information because that that Raven Steelers in a playoff game, I wouldn't want to see that if I was the Steelers. Yeah, they've they've been two tight games, and one tight was one game was against the JV team. So yeah, I I I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say positive about the Steelers right now. They're coming back down to earth. Uh, I it's not like I picked them to be the greatest team in football before the season started, and so I was pleasantly surprised the season got. And I, I'm rooting for it, and I changed my expectations. And I'm going to hold to those, and I'm probably going to get disappointed. I was hoping the run game would be back better than it was this week. They lost to the Bills uh, with Connor coming back off COVID. I just was hoping what was that he? Eight, piece... 18 yards on 10 carries or something yeah, atrocious. This I mean, is not, not good. And um, Ben seems off, and it's just <sighs> I wish we could kind of get hot again. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just – it's you need some evidence to the contrary to have some good hope. And it's just, it's just not there. And, and that, you know, I was kind of worked up for the bills game and wanted to be good. And it started off scoreless. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, you know, Steelers are keeping the score down, dominate possession, win a close game. And then, and the bills just kind of took off. So I was disappointed, but oh, the pick six Steelers, at the end of the half killed y'all. I mean, that was, that yeah, was when the yeah. game turned. I mean, yeah. and I think part of it is, I just think big Ben's getting older. Like I think his age is starting yeah. to show the run game. Isn't there this year. I hate to sound old man, but when Juju Smith-Schuster has 100-yard games and, you know, touchdowns every week, 
okay. But when he's doing TikTok dances before the game and then your team goes out and gets trucked yeah. on national TV, you look like a clown. So, yeah. And in the Ravens game, he's stiff-arming some 37-year-old guy who's playing football for the first time in like four years. And he's like, can you believe you got stiff-armed by a TikTok influencer? And I'm kind of like people on Twitter. And I'm like, I can't believe you referred to yourself as a TikTok influencer instead of an NFL wide receiver. But I, okay, I, anything he does outside of the of the field, because usually his dances happen just off the back of the end zone. I, I I'm not loving all of it. Like I need less Pizza Hut commercials and more Super Bowl wins. Like that's another Antonio you know, Brown in the making. Him and Antonio Brown used to be best buds. He doesn't seem as much of a head case, but maybe we're heading. Well, I direction. mean, my God, I, what a low yeah. bar. <laughs> He's not as crazy as Antonio know. Brown. Like okay, that high of a head case. It's, I mean, uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, whoo. He is a head case. So, um, okay. So the Steelers had the Bengals this week. I would hope we'd be able to win that next week on yes. Monday Night Football. Uh, the Ravens, uh, like you just said, are beating the Browns. They have the Jaguars next week. So Ravens have a manageable schedule here. But the football team, football team won again, the fourth in a row. Uh, they beat the 49ers. Uh, it Five seems like seven. the 49ers, they, that the football team always goes out to Arizona and finds a way to lose that game when they play the Cardinals. But when they play the 49ers in that stadium, they found a way to win, and uh, the defense played well. Uh, whoever said they shouldn't get Chase Young and they should get which quarterback was it? Oh, yeah. I don't remember who they wanted him to draft, but Chase Young was wrong. definitely the right decision. Chase Young yeah, was the right wrong. decision Chase when they the made beast. it. I, You and I both yeah. said that. Yeah, that kid is a game did. changer. Yes. Alex I mean, Smith, you, what you have to hope for if you're the Washington football team is that Alex Smith will be healthy by the time you play the Seattle Seahawks because if he's not, yikes. Um, was his leg oozing of blood again this time? No, they said his, they said x-rays were negative, but like a podcast was joking. I don't know if he has any bones in his leg to break, so I don't know what that means, but, um, yeah, uh, what, what I learned watching the end of that game against the Niners was we know what Haskins is not, and that's an NFL quarterback. So if I were the Washington football team, I would be looking at a quarterback in the draft this year. If I don't love one, I go ahead and try to ride Alex Smith for another year and then draft one next year. Uh, but Haskins is not the answer. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. I, I don't see that happening. I think Patrick actually does think that that's the future. So I'm surprised with that with Patrick. Um, Next time he's on, we need to ask him that. Yeah, I don't know what he's seeing that I'm yeah. that I'm not. But I, I'm seeing a guy who can't hit wide receivers and is great at throwing to the other team. Yep. Coming up uh, this next weekend, make sure you're aware of the Saturday games because there are a couple. But then the Chiefs and Saints play on Sunday. And I know the Saints are more disappointing than we thought they would be this year. But this is this is the Super Bowl game that I had picked and one that you would have believed uh, if at the beginning of the season, mm -hmm. um, I think you have Titans saints. So, um, this will, it'll be an interesting matchup. Is it the super bowl preview? I, I don't, uh, I wouldn't knows. bet on that at this point. The Packers. I good, don't think the Packers are good enough to go to the super bowl though. Like that's the thing. Their run know, defense is so bad. It could just get weird out there. What if the um, Washington football team goes on a run? God, could you believe it? <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> All right, uh, let's just get out of here. I think we've talked enough of current sports. Let's just get to talk about us in the D block. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now in the D block. 
and uh, this is where we tell you what's dominating our lives and what we know that you need to know. <sighs> Leland, I'll give it to you first. <laughs> Since mine are blank, I'll give it to you first. You seem excited about this block. So, uh, yeah, I'll jump in first. Continuing my Christmas movie special of the month. Uh, I've been through Elf. I've been through some Grinch and Charlie Brown and Small One cartoons. Now I'm on to Home Alone, the 1990 film. John Hughes, Chris Columbus put it together. Uh, Macaulay Culkin got famous off this movie. He had previously been in uh, uh, Uncle Buck and kind of stole the show there. He was the star of this movie and... uh, is is just the heartbeat of this movie but you have joe pesci and daniel stern coming in trying to rob the house and everybody knows the movie i don't need to explain it the what stands out to me in this movie is just the quoting the line there's so many like one-liners that i use throughout the year because i used to watch i mean i grew up watching this movie all year long why not quote this movie all year long as an adult um the um people stopping in the drive, like the continual jokes that they throw in the movie. And even into the second movie, I like um, the stunt, like just the whole robbers in the house and him beating them up with the paint cans swinging over. Um, why the heck you dress like a chicken, the nail through the foot on the stair, just so many funny things. And then their reaction to being hurt. They're all good. And I love the movie. It is the Christmas movie. I watch the most year after year. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, much less Christmas movies. So what's that on um, this year? Say again. What streaming service has that this year? Uh, I know Disney plus has it. Okay. Uh, because they have the Fox, uh, stuff. Uh, so that's there. Um, I, I think I own it on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, oh, and okay. I have it digitally available through my TV. Like I have it every different way. Um, so I don't have to really worry about which direction I'm <laughs> watch it in. Um, there's a movies that made us that is like the behind the scenes talking about how the movie was made and the influence it had, uh, when it came out on Netflix, it's an interesting one to watch, like the school that they took over a closed school and they built the sets for this movie and all that. And, you know, the decision making going into the movie, cause it wasn't just a home run pitch and, uh, getting the people lined up for the movie. It was really interesting. I always come back to John Candy's performance because, like, I, John Candy just kind of steals whatever movie he's in. And he, when he's the lead, it's obvious. But here he plays a side role, and he and he really does say some funny things and provides a lot of comedic part of the movie during that stretch. Um, his interaction with the mom, it's it's very good. So I love Home Alone. It's one of my favorites. It's it gets played all the time, once a week during the Christmas season at least. It's getting played. Um, we like Home Alone too, as well. It's it's good. It's a solid sequel. It's not as good as Home Alone 1. Um, they they kind of just try to repackage the heart from the first movie. And they, they do good in a lot of areas with Home Alone 2, but not all. Uh, there's some really funny scenes in Home Alone 2. Um, so, uh, but then I don't acknowledge the existence of the other. Like you with the Grinches. No, yeah, I the others don't, don't exist. I don't You're acknowledge right. the existence of any other Home Alone. Home Alone 3 four or another one that I just became aware of this year. I don't need, no, they don't exist. My daughter had to watch home alone degree because it was available on Disney plus. I said, I'll have nothing to do with that. She watched it by herself. I hope she had a bad time. She agreed. It wasn't any good. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> see, I mean, a, a seven year old can get it or eight year old. I don't know. She's probably 18 now. I don't know, but an eight year old gets it. I, I don't need to explain it to other people. It's just, we're, we're not doing this. But Home Alone, it's awesome. Yes, I agree. Home Alone is a great movie. I enjoy Home Alone too as well. Um, 
I think the bird lady in Home Alone 2 is just what brings it down for me. Like, Really? You don't like the bird lady? I, I just don't like how it's used. and I You don't I, like identifying and humanizing pigeons and like, oh, they're good creatures because really pigeons are just rats with wings? No, I think... I think that's class- actually a line Joe Pesci says in that movie. More of the classism <laughs> that gets applied to that and oh, how much... Oh. Like, um, <laughs> you come in with pre-established thoughts, and then, like, of course, it gets proven wrong, and that's and that's fine. But well, I isn't just the don't... same kind of thing done with the guy, Home Alone one with the guy with the shovel? Uh, yeah, sure. I okay. think it's. I think it hits the heart. I think it hits the tone better in the first one than it does in the second one. Okay. Also, I think what troubles me in Home Alone 2 is that, like, you see this lady with a skirt on the street multiple times through the movie. They just run into <laughs> each other in New York City. You run into the pigeon lady randomly in Central Park so many times throughout the movie. Like, all these people keep crossing the same paths, apparently. Like, it's just, I would like to talk to a New Yorker and say, like, do you really just run into these same random people every single, you know, three days straight? You know, like, does that happen? So... Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. That probably doesn't and plus, happen. And plus, that's you know, after 9-11, none of that movie's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's Jimmy show magic. on the wrong plane. Like, yes, yes, yeah. No, that's show <laughs> magic for sure. Um, also, cell phones kill Home Alone one. So it's true. It can. Yeah, there's just <laughs> movies that couldn't be made today. Like that, you can't identify with them. Kids today will be like, I don't understand. Um, why don't they just FaceTime and tell them where, where you are? Yeah. This is so easy to fix. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. And also you would have a home security system that would be going off and with your ring and the police would know to show up or whatever. But what is dominating my life is going to be the Mando season finale, the Mandalorian coming up. Um, I'm very excited about it. I won't give any spoilers away in case people are waiting till the whole thing comes out to watch it and they haven't seen any of it yet. But I'll just say this. Uh, what I have learned watching, and I hope I haven't said this on this podcast. I've said it in other groups talking about The Mandalorian. You have other friends? What? Mm-hmm. I know. It's hard to believe the way I talk on here sometimes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I what I've learned watching season one and season two of The Mandalorian is John Favreau should have done the last the, – the three movies that just came out. He's so much better at it than the people who did it. And I have just enjoyed the Mandalorian so much more. I mean, I know you and I and Patrick were splitting hairs with not this episode that just came out, but the one before it, I thought that was the best 30 minutes of star Wars since the original trilogy. When that 30 minutes was over, like my brother and I both were talking uh, to each other while we're watching it, you know, hundreds of miles away. But, I just told him, I was like, I can't believe it's over. I I need more. Like, yeah. when I got done with those Star Wars movies, I didn't feel that way. Like, when I got done, and I know they're longer than 30 minutes, that's maybe part of it, but yeah. I also just didn't feel like the storytelling was nearly as good as it is in this show. Like, the storytelling is superb. Is it John Favreau signed up for the next film? I hope. I trust John Favreau with this story. I think, like, He's doing like a great job with the stories. Headed. He's yeah. doing a great job with these stories, and I love it. And, yeah. I mean, short of giving Baby Yoda a name that I'll never call him, um, I think every decision they've made has been pretty good on the show. So I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, I, of course, it being the season finale, I'm a little nervous. There's a lot of suspense going into the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, again, no spoilers. I'll talk to you about it after we're done recording. But yeah, uh, I mean, big suspense for the season finale. And then and then I have to go through the struggle of a whole other year before the next one comes out. Because I think I think in the like 500 Star Wars things they announced, they announced yeah. that Mandalorian season three isn't coming out until around Christmas. I, I missed that detail and I will be disappointed. I agree with you. But I'm excited about all the different, like, I think they know what they have here and what's good. And I think they have a little idea of what's working and what's not. And like, I don't mind that there's going to be other areas of possibility. Um, I mean, there's, and there's some obvious spinoffs that you can see, like those guys, a couple episodes ago from the Republic that uh, kind of was around Mando. It seems like those guys are going to be part of another series going on. So that'll be interesting. The pilots. Yeah. I so don't care about those characters. Okay. I'm going to give the it a one's an idiot. Out. The one is an idiot. He has the dumbest question I've heard in the history of Star Wars. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm wrong. They should only make Mandalorian. That's my fault. Favreau's got it all. Well, I'm going to say this. Of the 50 Star Wars things they make, am I going to check some of them out? Yes. Am I going to check all of them out? No, because I, this is the problem we have in today's society. We out, don't yeah. have people that are actually creative. The number of people who are actually creative are so small now that we're just like, uh, we need money. Let's make something else Star Wars. Uh, let's do another Marvel thing. Uh, we, we don't have people smart enough to be like, I want to take a chance and tell a different story and see if it's good. That's I, what I, I would kinda, like. I kind of wholeheartedly disagree with that. We don't have people that are creative. Like, I think it's so much more spread out. Like you got to, it's, I think it's harder to find. We don't have four networks anymore. Well, okay. That's fair. Cable that is I think fair. It's so spread out that like, you do hit on these things that in popular areas that aren't as good, but like, look what's happening on TikTok now. Look what Annie oh. Oliver's doing. Like all these different people that do these creative things. Sure, you might have to cycle through thirty TikTok things that are terrible to get to like, oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty good idea. Like, it's just so much more spread out. It's so diluted now. I think is the problem. But there's creative people everywhere. You just got to get them in front of the right thing to make you happy. Yes. But for the love of God, do not give her a TV show based on that. Oh, don't. That's give her my a TV point. Show. I like, look, look little at, look forty second great, or one minute videos. Yes, there are plenty of creative people in that niche. But I, and yes, there are some creative people on HBO. I've seen some good shows on HBO. I've seen some good shows yes. on Netflix or Hulu. But I'm talking about in terms of like these blockbuster movies. It's almost like Disney's afraid to take a chance and tell something new and original. It's like they gotta be I like, if it's not Star Wars, it's not Marvel. Uh, let's just take, let's play it safe. Yeah, but it's still in that Star Wars universe. Yeah, but it's a, such a different vibe. Oh, no, it is because, well, again, I sh I'll shut up. Look took a chance. I, I don't know. I don't know how to make that point any clearer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so different than what they had done before. And now they're going to beat it to death and they'll create things in this vibe that are terrible. I understand that logic. But, like, I go into this hopeful that there's going to be other Star Wars stuff throughout a year, and maybe it's going to take a year to really get there. But like, there are, we're always going to be close to something else that I'm interested in that universe coming out um, because my daughter's taken to it, so I'm, I'm hopeful. So, yeah, what I know that you need to know, and I won't give <laughs> you, you I won't give the like specific examples. To, to me, you just like sigh before everything, like, oh, I now have to talk to him about this. I won't give specific <laughs> examples to protect the innocent, but I heard you heard it on this episode where Leland was like, my daughter watched Home Alone 3. I hope she had a bad time. Like, that sounds exactly <laughs> like something I would say. 
and there was another example earlier in the week where Leland's like, "Does it? What do you think of this?" And told me, and I was like, "That sounds exactly like my level of pettiness." And Leland's response was, "Oh no!" And I was like, "No, I love this. Like now we're starting to get on the same level of dark sense of humor, even more so, uh, and, and just the same levels of like, you know what? Now I hope this happens." Like, do I really want Virginia Tech to go 0 and 12? No. But if they do, is there going to be a certain party that's like, I told you idiots who were still defending this guy that <laughs> this was going to happen? <laughs> like, yes, there is part of me that just is going to like, to quote the um, to quote Alfred in The Dark Knight. Uh, some people just want to watch the world burn. I am one of those people. I just want to watch it yeah. burn now. Yeah, you just want to be. You just. I want to yeah. be right almost more you than You want to be right. I do. More I than you almost... want your team to win. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, it's pretty close. It's a close second. <laughs> if Virginia Tech wins the a- does something stupid and wins the ACC, I'll be happy. But I mean, I only picked us to lose to Clemson this year. Like, that's the only game I didn't pick Virginia Tech to win. Like, I, know I was I right more played. times than I was wrong picking against the Hokies. Last weekend, I was wrong. And yeah, and and that's fine, and that's why I'm not hammering pick because like I the only reason I picked that like what on paper told me we we're gonna win that game. Yeah, I love that, but it also goes back to credit our previous guest Barber, kind of said a lot of smart things about this. Like the yeah, these are two programs and headed in different directions, but look at their schedules and the harder teams. And yeah, Tech's coming off this Clemson loss and their unexpected loss to you know like their laid an egg against the state. Like all this has happened right now. But if you spread that throughout these seasons, like how different are these teams? And that's what showed up in this game. Plus we played a little better than, than I think we thought that we would. So yeah. So yeah, I have different petty levels. I'll take that. I, I want to be reminded of what the other thing was and we can do that off air, but yeah, yes, I, we will I do it do. off air. Cause you don't want it to sit on the podcast. My, <laughs> my mom who did get to meet you a week ago. Yes. Um, she does like she does say like oh he was going off about that but like you 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 would never go off like that like I, I think it's just the role I play on this thing too and honestly mm-hmm. I think anytime I do get fired up I'm I'm jacked up because I like want to be as crazy as you and I never come as close yeah I well I mean look it's with a lot that. of practice that I crank this character up a little bit <laughs> crank my normal levels up just a tad for the podcast but I mean hey. You're her favorite on the podcast, so you're doing something right. Yeah, and that's awesome. <laughs> She's my favorite listener. So as, uh, but that's gonna. If I start doing that, I'm gonna sound like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way, where you're my number one customer. Like that is one of my favorite. You're hitting a reference movie. I don't got, man. You don't. I've, you've I've never seen Jingle once. All the Way, like once. Oh, years ago, decade ago. Like, wow, great lines. Probably twenty years ago. There's. Now. You're my number one customer. I'm not a pervert. Uh, Sinbad <laughs> says, uh, I have the ears of a snake. I mean, lots of great references. Oh, it, gosh. It, it That's a Christmas be, movie you should watch. It might be our little generational divide here. Like, we, we come into some stuff that I think was maybe more popular for you than that's, it was for me. That's fair. But that's a Christmas yeah. movie you should watch. There's, I don't, oh, it's been a while uh, since I've watched it, but I don't think there's anything inappropriate in there. I'll look into it. I don't know no where promises. you would find it, but no promises. That's disappointing, Leland. I'm not gonna say Joe told me to watch it, so it's probably terrible, and I know I'm gonna hate it. And I saw a preview; it's Arnold Schwarzenegger acting, so I should hate it. So I just, no matter what happens, I'm gonna hate it. I'm not gonna do that to this. I'm not gonna bring that Joe at that Joe fire to this. You're not but there yet, because you were kind of there with Home Alone Three. It, it sounded like you've never seen Home Alone Three. How do you know it's bad? I think I did watch it back in the day. Oh. 
then you're a secure identity. I knew, like, I asked her, like, about it, and, like, it was, like, some video game chip in a race car. I, I remember it from, I mean, I've only watched it once. Oh, Leland, you have so much to learn. Anyway, what do you know that, uh, what do you know that we need to know? Uh, not the most uplifting topic to go out on, but the Indians are changing their name. The Cleveland Indian team in playing baseball uh, is changing their name. I didn't know if I saw this coming. Uh, other people I spoke with in the last 24 hours, I think, did um, or claimed to, and that's fine. I just saw their reaction to when the team in Washington for football changed their name and saw some of their kind of reactional comments and what they were doing. And, and even before this year, like not using the same logo and stuff, I just wondered if they're kind of trying to the rebrand approach and trying to hold out there. I think they probably were trying that, but they pulled the plug on that approach and they're going to change the name. I'm fine with that. I wasn't pushing for it. And if they didn't, I don't think I'd be outraged. They weren't, I, you know, it wasn't, just saying the word Indians, I don't think is a derogatory remark. I think it does lend itself quickly to derogatory things happening, you know, chants in the stands or dressing up or behavior that would not be the best. So I, I understand the move, but I also don't think this is a gateway to the Atlanta Braves or the Kansas city chiefs being the next ones to go. I, I just, I'm slow playing all that. I guess I'm indifferent. It's kind of the best word. I, I don't feel strongly. If there are people that feel strongly, I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, but also the opposite way. If people are strong against like, why are you changing? I'm not going to say, well, uh, because they want to, because they can, um, the team's choosing to do it. I don't think this is, inc- they're not being sued to do it. They're making a, a private business decision. So I, okay. And I will call them by their new name and it won't be a problem. Um, they're going to be the Indians on the next major year. league baseball side. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. Kind of like you, I didn't see it coming. I kind of just figured they had that statement, and it had been so long, and I didn't hear people still talking about it, so I kind of figured yeah, they're just going to go. And, uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, and it's not as bad as the Washington football team's old name. So I kind of figured it was probably just going to be left alone. They had what gotten I- rid of Chief Wahoo, uh, and gone with the block C. So I kind of figured that was that was kind of them saying, okay, we understand some of this stuff's not great. This is what we'll do. Um, but they're going to change the name. Uh, you know, obviously one of the contenders is the old, the original name of the franchise was the Spiders. I guess that's a that's in play. Um, I don't frankly care what they pick as the name. Um, I'd like it to be a mascot, a name. Like I don't want the, the Cleveland They've already said club. Cleveland Baseball Club. Cleveland Baseball team is not. Great. I missed that. Um, I'm glad it's not. They said that that will not happen. They're actually going to be the Cleveland Indians next year, uh, and they'll change it after that, which I will say, and I have seen this on social media, I kind of do agree. If you're saying the name is bad, then why are you saying, it's? we recognize it's bad, we'll play it one more time. Um, We're going to do one. Yeah, to me, I'm like, eh, okay. Um, as far as the Braves and the Chiefs, I'm kind of with you there too, like, I don't view those as derogatory terms, but then again, I'm not in the group that has to make that that is being referred to as. So um, if they find it offensive, if Native Americans find it offensive, then I guess those are the ones that should have the say. Uh, and if the Atlanta Braves and Kansas City Chiefs end up changing their be name, like reacted to or credited, not not other people saying they should be offended. Like that's, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that a hundred percent. 
Um, but if they are offended and they they make the push for those teams to change their names and those teams end up changing their names, that's, you know, if the worst thing that ever happens to you is the team you like changes their name, I don't know. Now, what worries me about our future mm. is what does this mean down the line for other organizations named the Indians? And the first one you could think of is the Fort Defiance Indians that play uh-huh. in Verona. It will be an insufferable situation if that is to change. I, I, I didn't love the couple year process of the school name in Stanton changing. I will not love the, if it comes to it in Augusta County, that one of the high schools is changing their mascot. It's just gonna, it's just not going to be fun to deal with. Cause I'm not going to care. I'm not going to feel strongly that it should stay. So everybody that does feel strongly is just going to irritate the heck out of me. And then I'm also going to say it wrong on the radio 20 times in the first game I call them. And then it'll be, I'll be there. Disappointing. I'll be disappointed yeah. myself. So. I'll be there to correct you. And we'll just, <laughs> we'll put a fine jar next to us and that'll be for our end of the season meal or whatever we end up doing with it. I, I'll just say this right now, months and maybe years ahead of that name, potentially changing. I don't recognize a lot of behavior coming from that high school on the sports fields and publicly that is honoring Indians. I, I don't, I don't think it's dishonoring. I don't think they're doing things that are terrible, but mm-hmm. I also like don't see specific things that are like in holding them up in some high regard. Like I don't, see that you can correct me if i'm wrong i don't think there's terrible things i'm not trying to make this bad or good i think it's just that's the mascot they use and that's fine and that's what's on their jersey and there's uh, images that relate to it and that's fine but it's it's not like i see like if you're telling me the florida state seminoles are honoring the seminoles because they're very involved and they have this and they're using chief coming out on the field before and like it's honoring it like i get i can kind of touch that a little bit I'm not seeing that at Fort Defiance as much. So I'm saying that ahead of the game here because here, if that name changes, that's all we're going to hear is how it honors the Indians and, sure. you know, the general thought of Indians in the northern part of Augusta County. Yeah. Well, the, sh- the high school I graduated from, Sharando, is apparently looking at their name is the Warriors and they, they do have, um, now whether they've consulted. At least it, with like Warriors whether and Braves, they've- you have like. Consulted a, a tribe. Whether they consulted a tribe before they did it or not, I don't know. But they do have um, a person <laughs> ride out on a horse and throw a spear down, and it's it's a big thing. Um, and they uh, they have started teaching they have started teaching Native American courses at the school as part of their thing. And I don't know what they're going to end up doing. But that's I mean that's where I went to high school. It's where I graduated. I, my band, I was in the band. We played the Tomahawk Chop. I didn't view it as something like we're making fun of Native Americans, and that's why we're doing it, because we think it's hilarious. Um, but if there were Native Americans that are offended by that, and they think the school should change their name, and they talk to the school and talk about how it affects them and how much it bothers them, then okay, uh, fine. Change it to the Sharando, something else's. It'll Life will go on. My if degree, Yeah, my degree old. isn't worth any less because we had to change the name of the school or the change no, the name of the mascot. No, it won't exist anymore, man. Your degree will not have existed. You will not have a high school degree if you change your mascot. Wow. I, yeah, if the gladiators from, you know, ancient times come back and they're offended with Riverheads, then I guess they'll change the name. I don't know. Well, you have to worry about the American gladiators, but... Well, that's... I mean, we're honoring them by winning. Laser. Uh, <laughs> laser, taser, and blazer. We are dominant. I don't know what to tell you, so... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. 
Um, we will be back next week with more football talk, Christmas talk, I'm sure. Maybe we'll talk a little basketball. The NBA is getting started. Didn't even touch that this week, but why would we? Uh, but make sure you are up to date with us at Yak Sports Pod on Twitter, at Yak Sports Pod on Facebook, and Yak Sports Pod at Gmail on email. Uh, subscribe to us, Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, and tell your friends about what we're doing here and uh, give them an opportunity to listen to us and see if they like us. And we are looking forward to when high school sports can be played safely so we can talk about that a lot more than we talk about the national stuff. But uh, we will be back next week to talk about all of it. You've been listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.